What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Abba Parks. I'm in the annex, and today, I'm gonna give y'all part two on my drug dealer escapades. So last episode, I left y'all somewhere between what the fuck and this bitch is full of shit. And to be honest, some days I am. I mean, I eat a healthy diet, so you know it's natural, but when it comes to sharing myself with y'all, I always keep it 100. Okay, maybe 95. You gotta have that extra 5% of seasoning to spice things up. Oh, what's that you say? Y'all don't know about the five essential story spices? Well, I'll tell y'all about that the next episode. But for now, just know when it comes to dishing out a good retelling of events, one must be wary of how they deliver the goods. We're not trying to hear one of those stories you had to be there for. We want the good shit. The ones that have us falling out of our chair laughing, jaws dropping, screaming out loud shit. Those nights that came right out of a movie. The ones we don't speak about but remember every detail. The fun shit we did. The fucked up shit we did. The shit we got away with. The shit we didn't. We all have that one story. Or two. Or three. Shit. I think I have one for every year after turning 18. But who's counting? Look. Sometimes things happen for a reason. Sometimes they happen for a season. And other times, they happen because our stupid ass decided to go see for ourselves. Well, I went, I saw, and ended up saying, fuck that shit, I'm going home. Dating a drug dealer was a time I decided to step into uncharted waters because I just had to go see for myself. And telling this story releases me from the last remaining cords that still bind me to his drug dealing ass. I know last episode I said let's call him Poppy, but I changed my mind. Let's call him my drug dealing ass boyfriend, because in my version of the story, he doesn't get a name. He just gets to be that guy in that part of my life that has long been over. My first summer in London was hot as fuck. I pretty much wore as little clothing as possible all summer long. What can I say? It's not a sexual thing. I'm just really comfortable naked. I spent a lot of time drinking beer on the canal, visiting art galleries like a bougie bitch, walking through the park with a good book, and fucking shit up on the weekends. I had just touched down in the UK after a very turbulent transition from the previous year, and I was determined to shake off that energy. So when I got that card, I wasn't too concerned by what it meant. I honestly thought it was from the dreadlock dude that hooked me up with the weed, but when a call from an unknown number came through my line the next day from a guy who would later be my drug dealing ass boyfriend, telling me how beautiful I was, I started to get a little curious. Definitely hella paranoid, but nonetheless, curious. There was no way I could go back to the market and ask the dreadlock dude to show me a picture of who the card was from. If I wanted to put a face to the voice and answers to all the questions that were now stirring themselves up in my mind, I would have to say yes. So I did. I said yes to a date with a complete stranger that was smitten by my public display of loving the fuck out of food. He picked me up in Chalk Farm. He was driving a sleek Audi. I don't know the model, but it was gunmetal gray with white leather interiors. We had a lot of sex in that car, but let's not get ahead of the story. Oh, interesting fact. The place he picked me up would also later be the same location he had some of his boys pick me up. And by pick me up, I mean force me into a car and hold me against my will for 24 hours. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's honor the meet cute formalities of good storytelling and slow this down a bit. There I was, a brazen black beauty, adorned with the flyest threads one could cop at the time, standing on a dusty street corner in London, waiting for a drug dealer that I didn't know was a drug dealer to come scoop me up for a date. 
He pulled up in his sleek Audi with white leather interiors, got out of the car with the swagger of a hundred James Bonds, and there we were. He flashed a million dollar smile my way and I was instantly smitten. He walked smoothly over to my side of the car, leaned back on the passenger door, and said, Hi, I'm going to be your drug dealing ass boyfriend. Well, he didn't say it quite like that. He told me his name, okay, his nickname, and briefly introduced himself. I responded in kind, and before I knew it, he was taking my hand, kissing it gently before ushering me into the car with chivalry like I've never known before. Boy knew what he was doing. I didn't. The car smelled like his cologne. He had the AC on blast and so my nipples instantly stood at perfect attention. Well played, sir. We drove around listening to music for hours. We talked, we laughed, I teased him, we made out. We smoked so much weed and when the munchies hit us, we got falafel and halloumi and picnicked on the hood of his car at Alley Pally. We hung out for a solid eight hours before he took me home. It was magical, y'all. But he was good at doing that, you know? making a girl feel special, it wasn't until way later that I figured out why. There's a lot I could say about my drug dealing ass boyfriend. He really knew how to woo a girl. I could tell y'all about the shopping sprees, the lavish dinners, the quick getaways we'd have here and there. I could tell y'all how the corners of his mouth look when he smiles or the dimples that he has on his lower back. I could tell y'all how hilarious he sounds when he'd laugh at my corny ass dad jokes. I could tell y'all about the one time he dropped 10k on some strippers just to watch them dance on me. Look, we both had a thing for ass, titties, and money. I mean, who doesn't? Anyways, I could tell y'all about the one time he almost chopped up some dude that put hands on me, or the time he literally threw a guy out of a penthouse in Kensington. All very interesting, I know. But I think I'll take y'all to the moment I found out his ass was a drug dealer. I was a smart but naive 20-something year old girl who had no idea what a healthy relationship looked like, so I had no cause for concern with all the red flags that were popping up. I was just dodging those babies like Neo dodged those bullets in the Matrix. But one night, the biggest red flag hit me right square in the jaw, and I couldn't ignore it any longer. We were wild kids during a wild time. He was an outlaw, and I was an innocent young girl running from the confines of the world. The perfect combination for brilliant stupidity. It was only inevitable that trouble would catch up to us, but before it did, there was real magic in the air, y'all. Over the course of six months, we lived out our wildest teenage dreams. Secretly, of course. You know, I was staying with extended family at the time, so I had to come up with excuses as to why I was leaving the house at such late times, who I was with, and why my return was always delayed. At some point though, I ran out of fucks to give and decided to forego the explanations altogether. You see, I was a young girl in the prime of her 20s, and the rush of adrenaline I would get from being him was too good to pass up for a night of staying in with the fam. Look, sometimes you just gotta say fuck the fam, fuck them kids, fuck your couch, and do you, alright? It was normal for him to pick me up in conspicuous locations, hide in plain sight he would say. He always had a new phone and was genuinely paranoid everywhere we went, but I was young, naive as fuck, and my libido was running this operation. You couldn't tell me nothing. It was a night like any other night. We met up at our usual spot and had a drink at the bar around the corner. He seemed kind of agitated, but I didn't think much of it. He was focused on his phone the whole time. 
so I suggested going to the strip club to take the edge off things, but he declined. Weird. We sat there awkwardly for a bit longer before he got up and gestured for us to leave. So we did. We got in the car and he said there was something he had to take care of in Dalston. I obliged and off we went, racing through the streets of London to tend to some unknown business. The whole time he was just quiet, which was odd for him, but I knew not to say shit. I just went along for the ride. So we get to Dalston. He tells me to get out and I do. We walk to an apartment building. He buzzes up. But before we can get into the elevator, dude turns to me and gives me the most stern look I've ever seen on him. He says he normally doesn't do this, but he's only taking me with him because he doesn't feel comfortable leaving me in the car alone. And he didn't want to take me home yet either. He told me to keep my mouth shut about anything I saw and to forget this part of the night ever happened. Well, joke's on you, dude. I don't forget shit. Unless, of course, I want to. Or the cops come asking questions. Then I don't know. The elevator dings open. We get in and ride to the seventh floor. We walk down the corridor to a unit that has no numbers left on the door. He knocks. Someone answers. We go in. On the outside, it looks just like one of your normal tower apartment suites. There was even flowers on the windowsill and a welcome mat at the door. Real home type shit. But the minute I walked through the front door, I knew something wasn't right. The air had a stale but chemical smell to it. It was bright as hell, but all the windows were blacked out, and there was hella dudes in the house. Then I saw the guns. All the dudes were carrying guns. And that's when I proceeded to silently scream, what the fuck, to myself over and over again. We walked into the living room and my jaw hit the floor. The amount of drugs and cash in that room was unfathomable to me. I was so turned on, I wanted to strip down and lay in all that money, but I was too scared to move, mostly due to the Calvary enclosed in this tiny ass apartment. And also because I knew for a fact that I had just stepped into the lion's den, and one wrong move could mean life or death. I stood there bewildered. My drug dealing ass boyfriend turned to me and told me to sit down. So I did. I sat and he went into the other room with three guys, guns in hand, and shut the door behind them. I sat there in the living room and watched this skinny little kid who was tasked with counting the cash smoke a spliff bigger than him. It was mesmerizing watching him take stack after stack and run it through the machine. The noise was so satisfying that it began to fade me out of the room and into a whole new dimension. Rich bitch dimension. In my mind, I was at a strip club and all the strippers were me and I was just making it rain on myself. I was so into it that I didn't realize my drug dealing ass boyfriend had returned from his meeting and was calling my name. A hard fist to the face brought me out of my trance and back into reality. That was the first time he laid hands on me and I knew it was because of where we were and who was there with us. I looked up at him and he said, let's go bitch. In that moment, his fist to my jaw, the profuse amount of pain that followed, I knew I had fucked up, but at this point, I was in too deep to be the sassy, don't take shit from no one Abba. So I quietly got up and we left. But as soon as we walked out of that apartment and down the hall to the elevator, all I could think about was the stacks of cash and how alive it made me feel being in a room like that. Oh, and the fact that this motherfucker put hands on me. I knew I would have to find a way to deal with that later, but for now, I had to play it cool. The night ended rather anticlimactically. We drove around for a bit, had sex in the car, and then he took me home. I was home before midnight for the first time in weeks. 
My auntie was so happy to see me, but I couldn't shake the mixed feelings I had from where I just was, what I had just seen, and what had just happened to me. Why was I feeling so good when I should have been very scared? I should have been upset. I should have been crying about it all. But something pulled me into a higher perspective, and I had a moment of realization. Not me realizing I'm in an abusive relationship with a drug dealer, but me realizing that I'm capable of so much more. That memory became pure bliss for me. Fucked up, I know. But it reminded me that it's okay to dream, but if we get too lost in our dreams, reality will always come and smack us awake. I knew I couldn't tell anyone anything about that night or my drug dealing ass boyfriend, so I didn't. Well, until now, because dude's probably dead or in jail. But as I laid in bed that night, I couldn't stop thinking and processing. I knew something within my psyche was changing dramatically and it all had to do with that night. My cells were beginning to restructure themselves into a whole new mindset and my cocoon slowly started to grow around me, preparing me for my next journey. There are times when I think about this story and I wonder what would have happened if I said no to that first date, if I hit him back, if I stayed on the edge and didn't leave. We all have those moments where something crazy happens and it either changes us for better or for worse. Those times where we become aware of all that we are capable of doing, just enough to scare us or inspire us. So whoever's out there listening, are you scared or are you inspired by me? Let me in on some of your secret stories. Or don't. Do you and I'll catch you here next week. Same time, same place. Until then, take it easy and be kind to yourself. Much love.